You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we are now gathered in your name, that ultimately what would go forth at this time are not my words, but your living word, Jesus, your Son, in whose name I pray. Amen. This week we continue with the second in our series as we preach through the book of Titus. And if you were here last week, uh, we began with the first chapter, which is a great place to begin. Uh, We began with the first chapter and began to work our way through, and Andrew preached last week uh, as Paul wrote to Titus about the importance of appointing elders in the congregation, so appointing elders uh, throughout Crete with the various churches and the importance uh, of the uh, character of those particular people. He preached about the importance of their character, of their conviction, of their competence. Uh, And Paul uh, wrote to Timothy uh, in order that this would take place because of the importance uh, of the mission, because of the importance of the proclamation of what God has accomplished for for us once and for all in Jesus Christ. And as we continue today, it's a continuation of that um, first chapter when we pick up with the 10th verse, and as the first half dealt with the importance of appointing elders uh, and the character that should be looked for in those particular men, uh, now we see the necessity of that, and the necessity has to do with false teaching. Uh, The necessity has to do with false teaching, that which was so very present then, uh, and and good grief, is so very present uh, in in our day as well. Uh, And at the end of the day, uh, the false teaching Um, to which Paul refers uh, is ultimately a matter of cruelty. Uh, False teaching, not not simply um, error or uh, or misunderstanding, but but lies. Uh, False teaching ultimately being cruel. Uh, And and why is it cruel? Uh, Because it leads us away from the truth, which is to say that it leads us away from Jesus. Uh, That which leads us away from Jesus leads us away from life. Uh, It leads us away from the freedom that has been made available to you and to me through Jesus Christ, through his birth, through his coming into the world, through his ministry, and ultimately through his death and his resurrection. Paul writes so sternly and so clearly because this false teaching is ultimately more than inaccurate, it's cruel. And we hear the fact that there are many who are insubordinate empty talkers uh, and deceivers, especially those uh, of the circumcision party, those who are leading people astray. And and in essence, uh, what they're doing is something which continues today, which is to say that Jesus Christ is not sufficient. Anytime you hear um, Jesus plus um, or Jesus but, uh, uh, your your alarms uh, should go off, your red flags um, should go up, what they're doing is they're denying um, the sufficiency of Jesus. They're denying um, the revelation of God. Uh, they're they're uh, offering things of their own um, manufacture. 
and the things of their own manufacture uh, bring us no security in our lives, bring us uh, no peace uh, in our lives, bring us no um, purpose in our lives. We, we sang just a moment ago that, that wonderful hymn, um, Just As I Am. And if any of you were able to be with us, uh, I'm sure you heard the news uh, on Wednesday um, that Billy Graham died. Uh, and that man uh, to whom uh, so many people are indebted and uh, particularly um, timely as we think about uh, what we read from Titus last week. Uh, Billy Graham, truly an elder, uh, a man who represented the things that we are hearing about both last Sunday uh, and today as well. Those um, who, with clarity and with conviction, shared uh, the simple and yet powerful and life-saving and life-changing message of the gospel uh, and who did so with clarity and conviction and with no desire um, for personal gain, um, no desire for personal glory, no desire to manipulate uh, the truth, because the reality is the Word has power on its own. Uh, we don't have to try to uh, manipulate it. Uh, we don't have to try to add to it. Uh, Jesus Christ alone is sufficient um, for you and for me. Uh, and as he died uh, on Wednesday, our preacher on that particular day was an evangelist in his own right, a man named John Guest. Uh, and John Guest at, at 81, um, still um, going strong. You, you would never um, guess by his uh, preaching, you'd never guess by his appearance, you'd never guess um, by his schedule, uh, continues uh, in that ministry and that sharing of the good news. And uh, he actually referenced the fact um, that his coming to faith was thanks to a Billy Graham crusade in London many years ago when he was a young man of 19. Uh, he went to hear um, Billy Graham's um, preaching and, and, uh, and through that preaching came to faith uh, himself. And on Wednesday we sang that wonderful hymn, Just as I am um, without one plea, um, but that thou, thy blood was shed for me. And I was curious about that hymn and I actually did a little research on the hymn and the author of that hymn. Maybe you know the history of it, I'm guessing uh, very few of you do, and it was actually written by uh, a woman named Charlotte Elliott. Uh, it was written in 1835, and I'll tell you a little bit about Charlotte Elliott. Uh, this book, I feel certain, is not uh, on your bookshelf. Uh, this is from a book, The Hymns and Hymn Writers of the Church Hymnery. Um, uh, I feel confident, um, not the fact that it was republished uh, in 1911, but uh, the hymns uh, and hymn writers of the church hymnery. That's one of those, uh, uh, had me at the title. Um, so anyway, uh, writing, about, uh, writing about Charlotte Elliott uh, and finding out a little bit about her life, uh, in 1835, uh, she was 45 at the, right, at the time of the writing of this hymn, uh, and apparently a, a wonderful person, uh, a devout person, uh, and yet one of the things that, that plagued her, one of the things that beset her throughout her lifetime uh, was poor health. Uh, and let me read... Uh, there was a gentleman, the Reverend H.C.G. Moole, who was principal of Ridley Hall, Cambridge, wrote this uh, about her. But ill health beset her. Besides its generally trying influence on the spirits, it often caused her the peculiar pain of seeming uselessness in her life, while the circle around her was full of unresting serviceableness for God. Such a trial marked the year 1834, when she was 45 years old, and living in Westfield Lodge, Brighton. Uh, her, um, she was devoted, and yet her poor health 
uh, often left her wrestling with these feelings uh, of uselessness. While uh, around her, to her mind, uh, people were able to be so active and so very useful. Uh, and there, her brother actually started a, a school for girls, uh, St. Mary's, uh, the name of it. And the, and the idea behind the school um, was this, to, was to provide at a nominal cost uh, education for the daughters of clergymen. And, and in an attempt to support that particular ministry and others, there was the decision to have a bazaar. Uh, and there was all this activity um, in the home and all this excitement surrounding this bazaar. And, and she found herself with, with her ill health feeling um, distant uh, and feeling cut off from the activity around her, and, and as previously mentioned, wrestling with these feelings of uselessness. Uh, and he goes on um, to write this. Um, uh, Westfield Lodge was all astir. Every member of the large circle was occupied morning and night in the preparations, with the exception of the ailing sister Charlotte, as full of eager interest as any of them, but physically fit for nothing. The night before the bazaar, she was kept wakeful by the distressing thoughts of her apparent uselessness. And these thoughts passed by the transition easy to imagine into a spiritual conflict till she questioned the reality of her whole spiritual life and wondered whether it was anything better after all than an illusion of the emotions, an illusion ready to be sorrowfully dispelled. I'll pause there um, for a moment. Uh, Here is a woman um, steeped uh, in the faith, uh, strong in her belief and strong in her convictions. But as you know, uh, even for for faithful people, for you and for me, um, the the emotions uh, can wreak havoc on us. Uh, They can go um, up and they can go down. We can feel secure one moment and insecure um, the next, or vice versa, without necessarily any rational explanation. We can feel sure or we can feel um, doubtful. The emotions can so easily um, run away from us. And thus, um, the necessity um, that Paul is hammering home in his letter to Timothy, that Paul is hammering home to you and to me, uh, the necessity uh, of the true teaching of the gospel to go out again and again and again to you and me, that we might have something strong and sure and certain um, in our lives uh, to overcome um, our emotions, to overcome our doubts, to overcome our doubts, to overcome um, our insecurities. Uh, And Charlotte Elliott found herself wrestling with this, uh, and then it continues. The next day, the busy day of the bazaar, she lay upon her sofa and that most pleasant boudoir set apart for her in Westfield Lodge. Would you guess this was written in 1911? Um, uh, But it goes on, and, uh, and listen to this, ever a dear resort to her friends, But then listen to this. The troubles of the night came back upon her with such force that she felt they must be met and conquered in the grace of God. And then hear this. She gathered up in her soul the great certainties, not of her emotions, but of her salvation, her Lord, his power, his promises. And taking pen and paper from the table, she deliberately sat down in writing for her own comfort the formula of her faith. Hers was a heart which always tended to express itself in depths and verse. So in verse, she restated to herself the gospel of pardon, peace, and heaven. Probably without difficulty or long pause, she wrote the hymn, getting comfort by thus definitely 
recollecting the eternity of the rock beneath her feet. There then, always, not only for some past moment, but even now, she was accepted in the beloved just as I am. Those wonderful words um, written about her um, spiritual wrestling, and I think the wrestling which she experienced is not wrestling um, which is unfamiliar um, to you and to me. We, we all have that longing. We all have that need. We all have that great desire, um, yes, um, to be loved, uh, yes, um, to be useful, um, but, but also to be accepted as well. And she recognized the great message of the gospel. She renewed uh, in herself by returning to the truth of the word of God, by returning um, to Jesus, the amazing message given to you and to me um, that we are accepted, that we are made acceptable, not through our merits, uh, but through the mercies of God and Jesus Christ, through what he has accomplished once and for all in his life and his death uh, and in his resurrection. You and I are people um, who are made uh, acceptable unto God not by our merits, but by the fact that we have put on Christ. And this is a message of truth that gives to you and to me power for our lives. It gives us a usefulness and a clarity for our lives. It gives a freedom. And why Paul says rebuke these false teachers is because they were trying to take away this freedom and this truth and to give in place of it empty talk and lies and rituals and all these things which can't deliver God's people, turning them away from the source of God's truth, Jesus Christ, and turning them instead to myths. I recently um, was traveling to one of the cities in which I lived previously, and while I was there, uh, some just very uh, dear friends of mine, uh, people that I have loved and known for, for so many years and with whom my life is, is intertwined, and they're going through a, a challenging time. Uh, he is, is nearing death, uh, and obviously when that will be, God alone knows, but the reality of his medical situation, the reality of the progressing um, of it and all the various issues that come along with it make, make clear that that time uh, is, uh, is increasingly real. And as we were visiting, we were talking about whatever, memories and uh, enjoying uh, catching up with one another. Uh, Then matters of of faith um, came up and matters of our hope and our security. Uh, And these are folks, uh, they've been uh, senior wardens. They've been uh, on the vestry, the the flower guild, the um, altar guild, the men's ministry. I mean, these these are folks that that have been uh, closely and actively involved uh, in the life of the church, but as we're talking and reflecting, um, one of the things uh, that my friend she said, she said, "I just hope we've done enough," uh, and it, and that and that broke my heart. Uh, I just hope we've we've done enough. And these are awesome folks, uh, sincere folks, lovely folks. And and my initial response to them, I said, "Well, you haven't," um, and <laughs> and you'll be pleased to know I didn't stop. Um, God bless you, um, you know. I'll be praying for you. Um, no, I, I didn't stop it, but I, but I wanted it to be um, shocking. Uh, I, I wanted them to hear, and I said, well, well, you haven't. Of course you haven't. I said, and neither have I, and neither can any of us. 
all of us have, in one way or another, at different times, and, and, and sadly, we've probably been that person too, who, who in a relationship uh, with another person puts all sorts of conditions and manipulative love. Um, you know, uh, uh, you'll have my love and you'll, you'll have my acceptance uh, when you do this, uh, or when you don't um, do this, or when, you, when you've tried hard enough, or, you've, or I feel like you've been um, good enough. We, we've all been in those uh, types of relationships that are marked by um, that manipulation and ultimately also marked by that uncertainty. Uh, and, and, and you're never comfortable. Um, you're never um, certain uh, where you stand. Or if you feel like you're in good standing, you feel like it might change at any moment. Or if you feel like you're not in good standing, how much do I need to do or what do I need to do to be loved and to be um, accepted by this person, to be in relationship uh, with this person. And Paul is talking about all of this, all of these um, liars, all of these people um, that are extending these myths um, to people. But it was so freeing to be able to tell these friends of mine to say, you, you haven't done enough, um, you can't do enough, but, but here is our hope and here is our certainty. And this is why it's a proclamation of good news rather than good advice, uh, because what we proclaim is Jesus Christ is God who in his gracious and loving and proactive nature seeks you and me, realizing, yes, that we're great sinners, but also that he's an even greater savior. And through his life and through his ministry, um, he accomplishes in his death and resurrection what we cannot. Um, Through faith in him, through trust in him, uh, you and I can have a security and an acceptance which all the things in this life and even death itself cannot take away from you and from me. That's why this is so vital. If we're going to know a sense of purpose, if we're going to know freedom, uh, if we're going to know joy uh, and life, it comes through the knowledge of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished. Uh, you and I can finally have security. We don't have to wonder have I done enough? Um, can I do enough? Is he pleased with me? Is he not um, pleased with me? Are we um, okay? Here is the message of the good news, that God and Jesus Christ is sufficient for you and for me, for our past, for our present, um, for our future. And the invitation goes forth um, to you and to me to look to Jesus alone and nothing else, not um, the wisdom and advice uh, of, of people, not Um, rituals or acts or this or that um, or the other, but to come to Jesus just as we are and to place our faith and our trust in his sufficiency and what he's done for you and for me and to experience the security that comes from his love and acceptance, security that frees us up to live, uh, to give, to um, forgive, to make mistakes, to fail, to succeed, to whatever it might be, to have a security and a standing that's accomplished for us in Jesus. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know um, our insecurities and anxieties, our our failings and weaknesses and temptations, um, and the lies that are told to us um, that we can never measure up, uh, that we can never be sufficient to be loved and accepted by you, and that we have to do something special to get there. Help us to see... Uh, Almighty God, that in your Son, Jesus Christ, and his cross and his resurrection, you have done everything necessary for our life and our salvation. And draw um, our, our conflicted minds, draw our weak hearts to you, that we might know the security and peace that comes uh, from trusting in your sufficiency alone.
These things we ask now and ourselves we offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.